On the farm today, we focus in on water quality when it comes to our livestock. Joining me right now is Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist Natasha Wilkie. And Natasha, when we're talking about water quality, maybe talk to us a little bit about the importance of it and how we go about testing it. So water quality is sometimes an overlooked thing on our farms, I guess, and ranches. And so it's actually, it's super important. And it doesn't matter if we have dugouts, if we have wells, if it looks clear, if it's brown and mucky, um, there's, there's contaminants in our water that will not show up. And they're present in all of those scenarios, trust me. I have seen clear well water come in and it's high in sulfates, which is an issue that lots of us are aware of now, um, which is a good thing because it does affect our, our animals and their, their weight gains and their reproductive issues. Uh, and so sulfates continue to be an issue. Um, for where I'm at in the Weyburn region, um, I've found that pH can also be sometimes high. And though it can be high, I've only heard of one occurrence where it uh, actually cattle won't go near it. And that can be due to different things. It can be naturally occurring substances or from decaying, decaying plant material this time of year, it produces ammonia. And then that kind of gives a change in the taste and smell. Other things that can be high in our water is iron and then total dissolved solids, sodium, that kind of stuff, which generally relate back to sulfates. Uh, the issue with this year um, was that most places didn't have a lot of runoff this spring. And that means our water sources probably didn't get flushed out, which is a bit of an issue more so with surface water than, than well water. Um, but yeah, that can be an issue. So we always suggest to test water um, this time of year before you're putting your animals out there uh, and throughout the year as well, because as the summer progresses and some of us have been lucky enough to have rain and some of us haven't. And so if you are one of the unlucky few that haven't, um, you know, as evaporation continues out of your water sources, then those whatever's in there, the nutrients that are in there can become a bit more concentrated. Another issue that we want to remind producers of, especially at this time of the year, is blue-green algae. Talk to us a a little bit on how we identify that and generally when we tend to see it. We had actually seen some reports of it before we got the uh, rain and cloudy days and the drop in temperature to 8 degrees around here anyway. (laughs) So it will happen um, throughout the months of June, July, August and September. And usually when it's warmer out, like when they have warm daytime conditions. And so what you can do, if you think you have it in your um, dugout, in your water source, the most basic ID, um, you know, kind of the farm ID, is to conduct what we call the finger test. And so we advise people to put on gloves because the toxins from blue-green algae can affect uh, humans as well. And so wearing gloves, scoop up a handful of that bloom if, if it, as the water drains out of your fingers, you know, spread your fingers apart, I guess. And if... If there's long stringy masses left, it's what's called filamentous. And then that's for sure not blue-green algae. If mostly everything drains out of your out of your hand, out of your fingers, and you just have like a few little pieces stuck to your glove, little green bits, then it's what we call planktonic. And that's when it could be blue-green algae. And if you just look across your water body, it typically has like a shimmering blue-green color. Uh, it can look foamy, uh, like kind of spilled paint, like that, that sheen-like appearance of spilled paint build paint floating on the top of the water and uh, if it's a heavier bloom it's kind of a solid shimmering blue-green sheen across the water's surface and looks kind of like pea soup and and if you look really close within the water you can see it dispersed throughout the water not just floating on the top and the other part of it is it won't be attached to all objects like filamentous algae you know sometimes you 
look in and you can see it attached to solid objects within the water, like your pump intake or something like that, it won't be that way with, with blue-green algae. So how do we go about treating it? There's registered products out there containing copper sulfate. And if you're unsure, just give, like, a, again, give our livestock and feed extension specialists and they can help wade you through what would be a registered product containing copper sulfate. And then from there, you just want to read and follow the label instructions because they come in different concentrations. And the important part to remember is that the blue-green algae is not toxic itself, but as soon as it dies, that's when it releases its toxins. And so that's when we want to wait the 12 to 14 days uh, before letting anyone into it, like livestock, pets, humans, uh, allow that about two weeks for the toxin to dissipate. And then if you're treating um, a dugout that contains fish, it's recommended to use smaller doses. Only about one third of the dugout should be treated using one third uh, by weight of your recommended copper sulfate product. I've been talking with Natasha Wilkie for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler.